You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 50 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. BrandonRendiniFitness.com, where fitness and lifestyle go hand in hand. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. Yo. And Stack Guy Rye. What's going on? I'm going to apologize right out of the shoot here for the way I sound. I've been dealing with the flu all week. Uh, it's not the flu. It's fake flu. It's fake flu. You think you have the flu. No, I know I don't actually have the flu, which is easier than explaining what I actually have. But now you made a whole big thing about it, so... I'm just trying to be honest here. I don't want you to play victim and tell people you have the flu. This is what the doctor said yesterday. If you had the flu, people have suffered the flu. If you had the flu, you wouldn't be doing this right now. This is what the doctor said yesterday. I took a flu test. It came back negative. Okay. And then she said, but you have all the symptoms of the flu. Okay. So what's the difference then? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I partially blame you for this because you brought your unwiped ass here last week. That's why I don't go to the doctor, by the way. Why? I don't get the flu. Why don't you go to the doctor? Because of the fuck. You think you couldn't have stayed home and told yourself that? Well, I did get some good drugs out of the deal. What'd you get? Huh? What'd you get? I got some crunk juice. Yeah. Some purple drink? I got some drank. (laughs) I don't I don't want to laugh because I sound like a 95-year-old smoker. <laughs> but anyway, uh how you guys doing? Hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's like uh every time you think you're going to get a quick Yankees game in, they decide to go into extra innings or something. Yeah, we're recording Thursday night, off day for the Yanks, but uh last night that game would have been over in, what, two hours and 17 minutes yeah. if uh, somebody had decided they wanted to And it score. still was pretty quick for no, 13 innings. There have been nine-inning games against teams like the Red Sox that ended that late. Oh, double that amount of time. Yeah, because the Yankees and Red Sox play eight, nine-hour nine-inning <laughs> games. <laughs> no, I meant the two-hour, 17 minutes. Red Sox-Yankees have played five-hour games. Yeah, I think that game last night ended up finishing around like 10.45. Yeah, for 13 innings. For 13 innings, that's great. 7 yeah. o'clock start. All right, before we break down, because uh, we last spoke uh, Sunday, there was no game on Sunday because the weather was playing havoc with the Yankees again. But uh, more cooperation this week. Uh, four games scheduled. All four games got in, so that was nice. Yeah. Uh, but the big news coming out of the Bronx is Jordan Montgomery will be undergoing or he underwent already uh, Tommy John surgery. So the Yankees have officially lost him for the season, and uh, the earliest you can expect Montgomery back is September of 2019. So he's basically lost for next year as well. So I don't know how other to describe this, but it's a it's a blow for the Yankees. Is it though? Is it? Yeah. Were they not going <laughs> to get a pitcher? They were. It's a blow for their depth, maybe. <clears throat> but weren't they going to get a pitcher anyway? Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't understand the big deal being made. I feel awful that the guy needs Tommy John and that he's hurt and needs a year to recover. He's been really good for this team, but I don't see where it's a big blow for this. Maybe team. Maybe not so much in 2018, but I think he would have been counted on as being more of a presence in the rotation next year. As much as I loved Montgomery, like really did, and I think he was a reliable pitcher. I just never saw him as a long-term solution for some reason. I never saw him as being that guy that was going to fill in and, and and have a nice, long, successful career here. You don't think he could have been a valuable four-fifth guy next no, year? No, he could have. I'm just saying I never envisioned it. I just didn't see him here uh, in that sense. I think this is a much bigger blow for 2019 than 2018 because, yeah, the Yankees, even if Montgomery was healthy, were probably going to go get themselves a starting pitcher this year. But next year, it's kind of hard to envision them, even if CC continues to pitch well 
and he's had he had a nice bounce back outing on uh, that was Tuesday evening, correct? Yeah, Tuesday. To see him back in with this team next year. I, so for him to be a replacement for Sabathia next yeah, year, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But who's to say CC's not going to be back next year if they don't win a World Series this year? I don't think. Well, I think this is it for CC. I think it should be it for CC, but I also strongly believe that if the Yankees don't win a World Series, he's going to want to play again, and the Yankees are going to sign him. All right, but how many wooders could you go through that if the Yankees? don't win the World Series in 2018, then he wants to play in 2019. And then what if they don't win in 2019? Then he wants to play in 2020. Yeah, I mean, you got to cut it off. But I would just feel like if that were the case, then this season he would have went into it saying, look, win or lose, this is it. I want to go out on top. I feel like I have one one mission left to accomplish, and that's to win another ring, and I want to do it this year. But if I don't, this is going to be you know, my farewell to baseball, and I want to do it as a Yankee. I I think he gave a completely different tone when he signed with the Yankees and saying that he wanted to come back. He didn't want to play with anyone else, but he feels like he has a mission to accomplish, and he feels like he's got a few years left in the tank still, and maybe he does. Well, what he said was is that if the Yankees win the World Series this year, he'd be done. But then, right. but then he kind of backtracked off it and said he wants to play in London next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did say that. So, look, I'm, I, all I'm saying is if CeCe's on, on, on the table there, the Yankees are probably going to sign him. All right, but how much do you want to continue to count on him being a piece of rotation that you, like, that you have to count on? Like, But, I mean, you've been able to. Yeah, he has his moments where he looks tired, but you, that's really what you're going to get out of this guy. And you know what? You're getting more good than you are with bad than than bad from him. I think that after this season, though, the Yankees should look for more long term, steady fixtures in their yeah, rotation. Yeah, because they're gonna they got to start building around this offense now. I mean, we saw what the Mets did, and the Mets did it the complete opposite way, where they built a rotation and didn't have the offense to to back it up. And now they have two guys at the top of their rotation who don't get any run support, and they're almost worthless to that team. I mean, when you have a guy who has a, I think it's now a .99 ERA in his last nine starts, and your team is two and seven, you might as well throw out a guy with a ten ERA, mm-hmm. right? That's a great point. You know, so if you don't have an offense to build that rotation around. You know, the Yankees did it the right way, and I think that's how you build a team. I think the Mets proved that you can't do it the other way around. Yeah, if you look at the template that the Mets put out and the Yankees put out, it, it's clear that having a high-powered offense is better than having, you know, two yeah, solid for pitches. Now, for now. It's for to now. Build, to build right. on. The and, Mets template got them to the World Series. The Yankees template is yet to get them to a World Series. But you know what? And I made this point the other day, yeah. and I'm not bashing the Mets. I'm not here to bash the Mets at all. Um but I don't care about their pennant anymore in 2015, and I'll tell you why. They That was the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. That was their 2017 Yankees where they just came close, right? Imagine the Yankees won that game seven last year, right? Let's just say they make it to the World Series and lose, and they still have this young, great team, and they go out and they get a little better. But then they just completely fall off the well, face the of the earth. Well, the Mets made the postseason the following year. They lost in a wild card okay. game to Ryan's boyfriend. My boy. But, but my point that would be is, Madison Bumgarner. But by my the way. point is, every Future year game. has has gotten worse when it was supposed yeah. to get better. So you I, can't just be sit here and be happy. The Mets that. are literally the worst example you could have pulled out because they're they're a snake bitten franchise. Yeah, I know. But I was just talking more about why you can't build a team around a pitching staff, why you need to build a pitching staff around a team. And I think that's where the Yankees have made the right moves, but you're right. I think they do need to now, moving forward, start looking at more long-term solutions for the rotation. But if you look at a few of the high, high-powered high teams in this league right now, a lot of their pitching staffs are based off of free agency signings. Look at the Nationals with Max Scherzer. Look at the Red Sox with Chris Sale. They were guy, teams... Especially the Red Sox. Well, they got they got him in a trade. They signed the uh, price as a well, free agent. Uh, well, even just a trade or free agency, put him in the same category. But the Red Sox have an offensive group 
of guys that are really a, a few of them, the big contributors, Mookie Betts, Ben Intendi, Bogarts is a homegrown guy there, yeah. right? Those are, you know, big offensive guys that they drafted and that they developed. Yeah, and the Yankees ace is homegrown to go along with the homegrown power they have. Yeah. And you know what? You got to give the Yankees credit because, <coughs> excuse me, how many times have the Yankees given up on guys like Severino? where he wasn't panning out like they thought. They moved him to the bullpen. I was guilty of it. I wanted him to stay in the bullpen because he was so filthy that year. And then they said, no, he's a starting pitcher. And I and I said to myself, how many times have we seen this narrative? No, he's a starting pitcher. He's going to be a starting pitcher, and he's just not going to pan out. But Ryan, he did. Give me Mike Francesa's famous words about Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit is a starter. <laughs> That's a tough one. I can never get that phrase down. Is uh, Luis Severino also a starter? Okay, yeah. listen, okay. Severino, he's got stuff, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> he really is, though. He's really shaping up to be somebody that you just you see he's pitching that day, and you're like, oh, I said it. I mean, I said it last week. The guy could have shit out on the mound. He's only given up one or two runs. Like Monday's game, game one against the Tigers, he gave up that quick run. And you're mad. You're like, you're not supposed to give up any runs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you get disappointed. Like, but I think if, he has 22 starts now where he's given up two earned runs or fewer since last year. And he's first. And I believe Verlander's second with 21, all of which came within the last two months, I think. I mean, this guy's been incredible. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Severino holds uh, that right now where most – games of, of allowing one or less earned runs crazy, over the last man. like year or two. All right, so we know the Yankees have to make a move. I guess we can all be in agreement that the Montgomery injury is more of a blow to 2019 than it is 2018. Uh, but where did the Yankees go? And even if that was always – you'd have to say that was always a backup plan. Like if a trade didn't come through, you know, Montgomery could give you a shot in the arm through the stretch run. I guess. <clears throat> I guess that was a backup plan. You I don't, don't. I don't really see it as being a backup plan. Well, you don't run the Yankees, so this was June fourth, twenty eighteen. Most starts of Warner and Runder or fewer since twenty seventeen. Luis Severino with twenty four, Scherzer twenty three, Verlander twenty two, and Jacob Degrom twenty two. Wow! So this was just American League then that I saw where oh, Verlander yeah. was second, I think. Uh, so the rumor you heard uh, this week is that if the Yankees aren't in love with the starting pitching market. Uh, Brad Hand could be a guy that they might try to acquire from San Diego. Uh, Hand is a reliever. He's pitching to a 201 ERA this year. The Yankees were linked to him last year before they went out and got uh, Kainley and Robertson and uh, your boy Todd Frazier. Todd. 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 Uh, from the White Sox last year. So I think, it, I, think uh, I think the Yankees are bullshitting, to be honest. About what? Well, they're not going to go out there and say, yeah, we love everyone. We'd really love Cole Hamels. I wish the Rangers would call us. And Of course they're going to – they got the they got the most ammo. Of course they're going to go out there and say, yeah, we're not really in love with anyone. We might go after uh, Hand. What's that going to do? All right, well, this is what I That's going to make teams call them up and say, look, I know we might not get, you know, all your best guys, but we at least want to – put something together with Clint Frazier. Or, but think about uh, it like this. Let's just keep it on field for right now. If the Yankees went that route and decided to bolster the bullpen instead of paying the the prices that right. they might not like on the starting pitching market, is that an, would that be enough? No. Nope. I hate that idea. To get five or six out of the starters every night except for Severino's turn, and then you go straight into that bullpen where you could get you could have three. You could have two different groups where you because, don't. You don't burn guys out every night. You'd, you'd have the. You'd have like let's say Robertson, Green, and Chapman one night, and then you'd have Batances, Kingley, and Hand one night, and your your the last guy in your bullpen would be Adam Warren, who it, would be a, a good number two option in most bullpens. If starting pitching wasn't so important in the postseason, we wouldn't be talking about it like we do. The Yankees have that already, where they could do that in the postseason if they really wanted to. They they do. They absolutely do. But we've seen it firsthand, in person, how quickly a starting pitcher can blow that game up. The Yankees are lucky they came back and won that wild card game. But when your ace is on the mound and gives up a three, what was it, a three spot in the first inning? Most teams don't come back and win that game. 
So most teams also weren't aren't facing Irvin Santana. <laughs> but you know, there's a reason why we stress how important starting pitching is in the postseason. Yeah, but you you just made your own, the own point against yourself because that was your best pitcher on the mound last year, and he blew up in the first inning. Yeah. So it could happen to anybody. Okay. It can. You're yeah. absolutely right. And a great bullpen could manage it and make sure. Yeah, you're... and if they didn't but what have I'm that bullpen. But what I'm saying is if that's your best guy, right, and you said it yourself, if that's your ace and the rest of your guys are four or five starters or pitching to it, imagine what the rest of them are capable of. So you can't tell me you can just go out there and, and throw out one ace and expect him to be brilliant every time out in the postseason. You don't know what can happen. You need another guy you can rely on. I'm not saying and we don't, don't but I'm that. saying as another option, this could be one that works. Here's This is how the Kansas City Royals won a World Series and made it to another one with can the I same need... And they didn't even have anybody as good as Luis Severino on their staff. Let me ask you a question. And I know we kind of talked about this already, but I want to word it differently. If you look at your talent pool, right? Let's just throw for argument's sake, Cole Hamels, uh, Mike Fulmer, J.A. Happ, right? Let's just throw them in a bag. Would you say that they're any better than what you could potentially get at a Justice Sheffield? Isn't that something you're worth, that's worth taking a look at? To say if that's really all that's out there, maybe we can just bring this kid up and he can do exactly what they would, if not better. Yeah, but at this point right now, do you have enough time for Justice Sheffield to prove to you? Maybe not, but that's why I brought this up three weeks ago. Well, you, well, you know what? Obviously, the Yankees aren't in that line of thinking right now. Um, yeah, maybe not, but unless you're going to tell me that you're going to get a friggin' ace like DeGrom or someone, which isn't going to happen... Uh, maybe that's their best option. Maybe we'll never know. Maybe we'll never find that out, but maybe it is. And I think it's worth discussing. I don't think enough people are discussing that. That Justice Sheffield could be just as good, if not better, than any realistic arm that the Yankees could but add to this But he's not pitching to a 1-2 ERA, a 1.2 ERA in Scranton. He's pitching to a 3-8, so he's, he's still... All, he also started the year really poor. Plus, he'll probably be on a pitch count limit, too, if he were to get called up. So, oh, yeah, I forgot about the pitch counts. He'd probably be only allowed to throw, what, 85, 90 pitches? <laughs> I would think innings limit more than anything. Yeah. But that just goes to show you, is he really a realistic option? Maybe. I don't know. Like you said, it doesn't seem to be the case. But I don't know if I'm going to jump for joy if you if they get a guy like... Cole Hamels when I got a kid like Justice Sheffield waiting to pitch in the major leagues. Look, if Cole Hamels isn't going to cost you a lot in terms of prospects, I don't see what the harm in it is in doing I, that. That's the reason why a guy like him is going to make the most sense. But what I'm saying is at that point, what if, what if internally you have a better solution? What if Justice Sheffield is the better solution and we just aren't going to find out? You know what? I would rather the Yankees make a trade... And then say, you know what, Cole Hamels isn't as good as we wanted him to be. And then you let Sheffield That's ride, fair. and then let Sh- and then have Sheffield as a backup plan. That's fair. In August and September, whereas you don't make a trade, and then Sheffield doesn't turn out, and then you have nothing to fall back. That's one hundred percent fair because they got to make a move soon, and Sheffield will always be there unless he's going to be part of that trade, which I highly doubt. Which I don't think anybody the Yankees are really looking at right now, Sheffield will be uh, traded. And I think that uh, there was a report out that him, (coughs) Albert Abreu, and one other guy, I can't remember his name, are the three untouchables that Cashman is telling people will not be traded at this trade. I'm glad you just brought that up because I wanted to ask you this. I think I mentioned it last podcast, but hey, he's he's gotten better since last podcast, so I got to say it again. Has Miguel Andujar made himself untouchable? I think that, uh, yes, he has. But I think when they were saying untouchable, I meant I think they meant guys that are Prospects. actually in the minor league system yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah, I understand that. But my question is still relevant to that. I mean, it dep- is this, did this guy not only steal Brandon Jury's job, but did he also make himself untouchable? It really, really, really depends on who would be that pitcher they would get. If you're telling me that Jacob DeGrom is available and uh, 
Miguel Andujar standing in the way of doing that, then yeah, I'd trade him. But for Cole Hamels or I don't even want to listen to Jay Happ's name or Michael Fulmer's name. But well, your boy John ha- John Heyman thinks that. Why is he uh, my boy? That Happ is the is the favorite. Where that, is he that's right going to happen? Toronto. Right? Is he still in Toronto? Yeah. I can't see the. Yankees. Didn't he start opening day against us? Yeah, I think he did. That third untouchable. What is Sheffield, Albert Abreu, yeah. and then Luis Medina. Yeah, that from might... Dominican Republic, nineteen years old, starting pitchers, pitcher. Yeah, right-handed. Well, I yeah. Prospect. What is? Can you bring up Hap's numbers? I'm not in love with him. I think he sucks. By the way, he's got a four-six he... ERA or something. He didn't. Or get no, he's good. got. He, he might didn't be get good until three. recently. He Wasn't he with the three. Pirates or something? No, I think he was Philly. Philly. He was yeah. a Philly. He might have a three something here. Right? This year he's seven and three with a four oh eight. I think he might have he he might have been in Toronto so long. I think he was actually traded for Roy Halladay. Really? Yeah. I think you might be right. I think they said that. Yeah, I think you are right. I kind of remember that. I think he was like the big piece of the Roy Halladay trade. I think you might be right. Yeah, his record's okay. He's pitching to a four-year rate, but I rather again, I'd rather have Cole Hamels, who I know has done this in the postseason. Or before. you'd rather see Justice Sheffield. But I just told you that I would rather make the trade <laughs> and have Sheffield as a backup plan. I, I don't think that trade was involved. Uh, half no, no. All right, I'll find out though. You find out. Get back to us before the end of the show. No yeah. problem. All right. So, anything else you want to touch on with Montgomery and the uh, potential routes the Yankees could take? I mentioned it. We don't have to dissect it right now. Um, I think we're leaving a big name off the table that the Yankees could potentially go after, and I think that's Chris Archer. I don't know why he's not being talked about more. Uh, I don't think the the Rays are going to have an issue dealing him within the division. I think there will be a Yankee tax if the if of course, but again, why are you going to overpay for him? No, you're not going to. I'm just saying that that's another name that could be but I just thrown told, into the mix. And he's a guy who's really not as valuable as he used to be. I don't think that the Rays would be opposed to trading him to the Yankees, but I think the Rays would make the Yankees pay the, quote, Yankee tax for, the, for that yeah. trade. And then you know what Brian Cashman says back? Maybe if the guy had a two or three ERA over the last few years, we could talk, but... He hasn't had a sub four ERA since 2015. Yeah, so was... let's be realistic here, guys. I'll give you Clint Frazier for him. That's pretty good. You want Chance Adams? There you go. And I'll give you a few other guys. I, I think know. that's more than fair for for Chris Archer, who hasn't even given you a <laughs> sub four ERA in the last three years. I think that's too much. You think that's too much for Chris Archer? Yeah. Come on, man. It, honestly, the Yankees are the Yankees are sitting there trying to get rid of Clint Frazier. You feel it, don't you? You feel it. They're trying to find a deal that makes sense to get rid of him. I just don't think they'd put a, a guy as valuable trade-wise as Chance Adams as the number two in that deal for Chris Archer. So you think Frazier and some lower-level prospects get the... Yeah, there was this guy I saw in Pats of the Pinstripes. Uh, uh, he shoots bows and arrows uh, on, on the field before the <laughs> game. Why don't they give him Frazier and that guy? Okay. Casey Cole or whatever the friggin' Don't name you is. think Frazier headlining a deal would get that job done? Probably. Okay. So you can't sit here and tell me Chris Archer. If Chris Archer is pitching to a 2-5 ERA the last three years, that's a different story. They'd ask for the world. But the Rays are going to take... I said this to you. They're going to want quantity over quality. Meaning they'll take Clint Frazier and four mid-level prospects rather than, you know, Clint Frazier, Andujar, and that's it. You know, they're going to want quantity. They need to really rebuild. And Archer isn't proving to be the pitcher to rebuild around. <laughs> so so the Blue Jays traded Halliday to the Phillies. In return, they got two unknown prospects and Travis Darno, who was then traded to the Mets Ooh. for R.A. Dickey, along with Noah Syndergaard. Oh, man. So how did Hap get there? I don't know. That's what I'll look up now. <laughs> Why did I think Hap got traded for Halliday? I don't know. I thought you were right on that. I thought I Hap just was, heard that. Hap was definitely a Philly. Yeah, he was definitely a Philly. Anyway, let's get into the games. All right. So Monday we played doubleheader. Uh, Yanks split. Didn't like the split. You live with it. Eh, I agree, but... They could have won game two. They left so many runs on the table. It was... it. It wasn't a game they should have lost. 
Uh, game one, the Yankees, they fall down quick, one nothing, And like I said, you get mad at Severino. Like, what the hell are you doing giving up a run? Yeah. And then this guy, Verhagen. Uh, Called up from the minors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yanks kind of shutting the Yanks down for uh, three innings, and then it was like they turned on the switch. They scored six in the fourth, and that was basically it. That was basically the story of the game. And Severino looked really, really good. What do you have? Eight strikeouts or ten strikeouts? I don't. I th- I want to say he had he had ten, but I could be wrong. He looked really good. He looked, <coughs> he looked really dominant. I think he, I think he uh, had a couple walks. I'm not sure. But 10Ks. 10Ks. So, I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. And then the night game, look, if this, if it, if your team goes out there and wins a game like that and then, you know, they go out at night and they look tired and exhausted, it's been a long day, they're really not, you know, that's one thing. But Herman gives you a really good start and... You have so many opportunities to score runs, and your defense looks sloppy. I will. I did not like that loss by any means. I wasn't sitting there saying that's ah, a doubleheader. You split a doubleheader, whatever. That's normally what I'd feel, but I wasn't as okay with this loss as I normally would have been. Well, here's what you don't like about it: is that there was a couple times that the Yankees had runner on third with less than two outs. They couldn't bring him home. Right. They were waiting for that big hit all game, and never it came. just never came. Never came. I mean, we said that, uh, I think it was on Sunday that we said, you got to win the Severino game, and the Herman game would be a bonus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to his credit, Herman gives you a representative outing, uh, representing, representative outing uh, six and two-third, four runs allowed. I mean, you know, if you're going to get that out of your five-starter, I think you take that every time out. That's not a box score start, though. That's not a start that you can look at the box score and it it represents his game. I mean, he gave up a run on that play where Andujar, Torres, and Clint yeah, Frazier almost killed each other and didn't even touch the ball. Uh, Warren came in and gave up that run. Um and I think he had another one where there was a pass ball or or something happened that he really shouldn't have given up the run. Oh, yeah. So Sanchez was catching in that game. So there had to have been a catching mistake yeah. in there somewhere, right? So it, I think really two or three of those runs, really, you almost can't even put on Herman. So he really pitched. I mean, he did a great job. <clears throat> he's definitely He's definitely earned another start. And that's really if you're Domingo Herman until until the team finds another solution, a permanent solution for this season, your goal is to go out there and keep earning more starts. Don't make this team have to play another card here and, and call someone up or or whatever. I think the big thing that we're gonna take away from this game was the uh the bad blood between Mike Fires and John Carl Stanton. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, for people that don't know, is uh, the reason why Stan wears the face guard is uh, Mike Fires, when he was a member of the uh, Brewers, hit Stanton in the face. Yes. Bad. Yeah. Could have ended his life. Broke his jaw, right? Yeah. Oh, my Something God. Like it was the worst thing I've ever watched on a baseball field. So, uh, I forget what inning it was, but Fires hits Stanton again, up and in, and, you know... I can't blame Stan for getting mad about that. I wasn't. I never blamed him for getting mad about it. And then later in the game, Stan puts one into orbit, and he, you know, he took his time going around the bases, did the whole bat flip, and then pointed back at Fires when he crossed home plate. And again, yeah, just kind of go back in the dugout. But you know, this is a guy that could have ended your life. And there's some bad blood there. And again, earlier in the game, he hit him up and in. And that's something that Stan's going to live with for the rest of his life. So, you know, Fires can call him trial this all he wants, but I'm sure Mike Fires would feel the same way if John Carl Stanton hit him in the face with a fastball. I don't blame Stanton for the emotions. I don't blame him for being upset. If you're Mike Fires, regardless of your past, you need to be better. As a major league pitcher who throws 90 plus miles per hour, 
You need to be better than to almost drill guys in their face. I don't care who it is. And then on top of that, to have a guy up who you almost friggin' ended his life, let alone his career, to come up like that and not have the, the control and to let that happen again. Yeah, I don't blame Stanton at all. I don't like how Giancarlo Stanton handled it. I don't. And I and I said to you guys why. I think showing up a player is him going up there and hitting that bomb, rounding the bases, and going back into the dugout and saying, I'm better than you. That's it. The fact that... And the bat flip was one thing. I'm okay with that for him because Stanton seems to do it a lot. I don't care for it in general per se, but I was fine with it up until when he had to give the point. And at that point, it's like, look, I understand you. there's going to be bad blood there, but Mike Fires didn't mean to hit you in the face. He didn't mean to hit you in the elbow. I'm not saying he's right for it or that he shouldn't you know, have some blame on him, but it's not like the guy was like, you know what? I'm going to drill Giancarlo Stan right in his face and break his jaw and put his life on the line. So to show a guy up like that with that much animation on the field, it did make him look childish to me. I didn't care for it. And you know what? At the end of the day, I think when the Yankees see Detroit again, there's still going to be high tension now. Whereas if Giancarlo Stanton hit that home run and rounded the bases and got back into the dugout, you put everything aside and everything's over with. I don't think that's the case anymore. Okay. So hit him again. If Mike Fires wants to be a tough guy, hit him again. <laughs> I was like, that's going to happen. Why? He wants to be a tough guy. He wants to call people Can names in the press. imagine that, Susan? Wouldn't that be <laughs> something... Well, I mean, put yourself in Mike Fire's shoes for a second because you're so easy to put yourself in Stanton's shoes. Put yourself in Mike Fire's shoes. Just imagine for one second how awful you'd feel throwing that fastball in at someone's face and watching them get carted off the field. Think about the emotion you go through as a pitcher. Can you do that? Think yeah. about how much, that, how heavy that weighs on you. But also, and I'm sure Fires called him a bunch of times, made sure he was doing better. And then for all that to happen again and for Stanton to to openly act like Fires is some is some uh villain that just tries to hit people that way, I don't think that's fair either. Cuz I'm sure that was a very very tough time for Fires just like it was Stanton. Maybe more mentally than physically, but I'm sorry you How do have you know to- Mike Fires called John Carl Stanton. Maybe that's why Stanton's so pissed off. Come yeah, on. maybe you never send him like a get well soon card. Because apparently, you know, you ever watch re- the video when Fires gets down and he can't even breathe pretty much after he hit Stanton. You think he just walked off the field and didn't care if he was that okay? That still doesn't mean that he called him afterwards. Yeah, you want to know why he didn't fucking call? He probably texted him because Stanton couldn't even talk. Again, that's just semantics. How do you know he picked up the phone and typed, I'm, I'm sorry? <laughs> Come on. Sorry, I broke your door. I'm telling you. Because uh, I didn't read the uh, the whole article, but there was a report that came out today that Stanton nixed a trade the Marlins were looking to make to get Mike Fires back in 2016. Huh. Really? Marlins management went to him and asked him if it was okay if they brought on Mike Fires, and he said no. Huh. Wow. So I think that has to go beyond him getting hit in the face. Because, yeah, I don't think... I don't know John Carlstein, but I can't imagine he's a bad guy where mm-hmm. he would be that vindictive. Where like, okay, yeah, you know what? It was an accident. You said you're sorry. Okay, let's move on from that. Maybe Mike Fires didn't say he was sorry. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying that from from the looks of it, Fires was really, you know, put in a bad spot. Yeah, he, he could have looked devastated at the moment, but then did he do the right thing afterwards? So then he's just some piece of shit person then. We don't know that. We we don't know him personally either. He could be. I don't know. From Honestly, from personality-wise, Stanton doesn't seem like the nicest guy in the world. I'm not saying he is, but... So, who knows? So you got a guy that's a little ornery, and then you hit him in the face, and then you don't apologize about it. I'll write a letter to, who? to Fires. 
and I'll see if he apologized to Stan. All right. And we'll get our answer. You reach out to him. Okay. All right. Deal. All right, so let's move out of Detroit on to Toronto. Yanks win on uh, Tuesday night, 7-2. Another one of these games where the Yankees are just sleepwalking through the game, and all of a sudden the bats just explode. Uh, Miggy and Duhar. You know, CeCe gives a nice bounce-back performance. He had been pitching to like a 7 ERA, almost an 8 ERA in his last three or four starts, and then uh, he gives up a home run to Teoscar Hernandez, who is Basically, an average Major League Baseball player, but plays like he's Mickey Mantle against the Yankees. Yeah, and CC didn't look good to start that game. He was kind of all over the place, leaving the ball up, didn't seem to have good control, and then he just found it, and he gave him some great quick innings, was able to go pretty deep, and it was a nice win. Uh, Yanks win 7-2. Miguel Andujar finally uh, dents the scoreboard with a grand slam First pitch he saw after the previous batter, who was up before him? I think it was Walker? No. No, it wasn't Walker. No. It might have been Tyler Austin. Might have, yeah, Tyler Austin walked, I believe. Oh, no. Was it Hicks? It was Hicks. It was Hicks, Hicks because walked. I said he Sanchez should Sanchez moved over to third. Yes. Glorious yeah. was on second. I wanted Hicks to bunt there. It was first and second with what? No one out? Yeah, nobody out. And it was a one nothing game. Yeah, I remember Why that. Why is Hicks bunting and he, then he walked? And then I, I said he was going to hit a three-run home run, which came an inning later. But yeah. then Kenny uh, Kenny Singleton on the broadcast said he always liked uh, being the guy up after the pitcher walked the bases <coughs> loaded because you'd get it. Most of the time, you would see a really good pitch to hit. That was first pitch, too, right? Yeah, and Andrew Hart did not waste any time. And then uh, Yanks uh, gave up. CeCe gave up another home run in the bottom of the inning. And then uh, Hicks. Kevin Pilar. Yeah, Pilar. Hicks hits a three-run homer. Yeah, Hicks uh, puts the icing on the cake, and the Yankees win that game 7-2. to two. And then Andrew Hart gets hit after that. Mm-hmm. Did he get hit? Yeah. Yeah, the very next batter. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. So, come on. I want to see a little retaliation there, too. You want to fight everybody. I thought that I want to fight. I want to see them protect their players. Let's, let's, throw, let's throw rocks at them. No, let's hit them right in their ass. Don't hit Miguel Andujar after he hits a home run and then someone else does because you're a little... No, why hit him in the bit. ass? Hit him right in the face. Yeah, right in the fucking great. face. That's great. Why? That's... That's not how you take care of business. Ryan, isn't that his both first answer? You hit him, hit him, throw yeah, him, yeah, Because you don't is. understand. You just both don't understand. You always... Come at me that I'm trying to look for teams to fight. I'm not. There's a way that you protect your teammates, and there's a, the right way to do it and the wrong way. You to know do what it. the best revenge is? Winning. winning. Oh, or winning and also showing up the other team while you're winning. Yeah, but first you if first you gotta if win. You're Stanton, right? They were losing that game and they lost that game. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he he was winning. He was personally winning. So let's get rid of him. Doesn't no, no, for assignment no. Listen, I'm not trying guy. to rip Stanton, I, but you guys gave me a hard time when I said I didn't like it. I just didn't. I under, I didn't really like it either. I understood why he did it. Yeah, absolutely. So do I. I could have done without. Yeah, some, I think we gave you a hard time. I don't. I could have done without some of the histrionics when he was rattling the bases, but I completely understand it. I don't know if I would be over it either. At, when I first saw it, I was like, God, that was a little much. And then they showed. Then you the started again. You were like, Whoa. Well, no. When he first got hit, when he was reacting that way, like he's yeah, I didn't realize fires was like yeah, I didn't realize fires. Why? That was the first time you saw the clip of when he got no, hit. No, I knew, but I didn't know um, fires was the one that threw that pitch. So then they showed gotcha. that that made sense why he reacted that way to the hit by pitch, and then boom. But one of my buddies was at the game, uh, and he was texting me saying, "What's going on here? Why is everyone freaking out?" He didn't realize either that Fires was the one who... Yeah, I don't think many people really know that Fires nah. was the guy. Now yeah. they do. Yeah. Now you're not going to forget that. Now. Um, so, well, yeah. Do you want me to tell you guys who J.A. Happ was traded for? Because I found out. Like, yeah, yeah please. please. So, he was traded from the Phillies to the Astros and then to the Blue Jays. So, from the Astros, he, he went to the Astros for Roy Oswalt. Oswald. Forgot there was, about. All him. right, so there was. I was kind of right. There was a Roy involved. Yeah, it was yeah. a Roy. I forgot about Oswald, man. He had he had a pretty good career. Yeah, he so, always yeah. killed the Yankees. I feel like was he on the 09 Phillies team? I want to say he was. No, I don't think he got traded to the Phillies until 2010. 
No. I feel no, like because they backed. Right. No, he would have been their number two in that season. They backed him up because they were pitching Pedro Martinez as their number two and backed him up with Joe Bland. So I think if they had a uh, yeah, I guess Roy so. Oswald. I thought Oswald was out of the bullpen though at that point. Maybe, I, know, I guess maybe I'm wrong. you should just stop talking. I I hope I'm right now uh, to make you look like an idiot. You're not going to make me look like an idiot. On July 29, 2010, Hap was traded to the Houston Astros for Roy Oswald. Hmm. So that was uh, the year after the yeah, year. Yeah, so he definitely the... pitched out of the bullpen in the 2009 World Series. I didn't say definitely. I said I thought he did. And then you had to come in and just yeah, pretty you're much tri- say... All right, can we move on because you're about to get triggered right now. Yeah, please. All right, so let's move on here and wrap up the... Technically, the road trip's not over, but it kind of is because they are playing in New York. Doesn't matter. It's still a road trip. Still goes on your road record. Uh, Yanks win last night. Three nothing in 13 innings. Still yet to be shut out this season. Wow. Didn't realize that. So this is another one of these games where the Yankees were just kind of sleepwalking through, and it, it almost seemed like it was going to be a game where they didn't wake up in time because... It went 12 innings without scoring a run. Although uh, Travis made a great play on Roma in the second inning to rob a, a run. And then if you had a feeling, though, if they could have scored that run, maybe it would, things would have been different. Um, but what I take out of it, the big star of the game uh, is Sonny Gray. Eight scoreless innings. Yeah, I think it's time. Look, I don't want to say. I said it before the game, and then he went out and he proved me right. So I don't want. I'm going to go on record here and hope that he doesn't. Make me crow again. But maybe it's time to lay off the guy a little bit. Yeah. Five of his last seven starts have been quality starts. Then here's your retort. It doesn't count because it was against sub-500 teams. Number one, the streak started with two quality starts versus Houston and Cleveland. And it doesn't matter. I mean, it just doesn't matter. Number two, there's only so many teams that aren't sub-500 in the American League this year. And, like, I tried to convey this point on Twitter, but it's tough. When you're the New York Yankees, the way they're playing this year, every team is going to feel like a sub-500 team to you because you're that dominant right now. I hope now. you don't feel like the Red Sox. And- so I don't care if they're sub-500, whatever. They're not going to be as good as the Yankees. So that point becomes moot. You just go out there and you win. You pitch that way. Sonny Gray probably pitched his best game as a New York Yankee. Would I think, you? I don't think it's a probably. He definitely did. He did. I mean, that's it. And his only other scoreless outing as a Yankee, he only went five and two thirds. Stop dissecting everything people do just so you can find a way to complain. The Yankees need him to pitch better, and he has pitched better. I don't care who it is against because you made this point. He's gotten rocked against bad teams too. Right. He sucked against sub five hundred teams. So I mean we bash him for that. Let's give credit where credit's due. And and who was pitching for the uh, for the Blue Jays? Some guy, <laughs> some some guy, right? Some guy who shut them down the Joe entire B. game. No, Joe B. Genie got the loss last night, but they're uh... some guy who shut them down all game. A team that's twenty two games over five hundred. Shouldn't call him some guy. I just can't think of his name right now. So I mean. Well, baseball, baseball. Oh, B. Genie got the no, loss. No, B. Genie got the oh, loss. Oh, got Gaviglia. He used to be a starter. Yeah, Gaviglia. They don't let him start anymore. Pitched seven innings, three hits, no earned runs. Yeah, so Sam Gaviglio, who no one ever heard of before last night, and now he, he goes out there and he shuts down the Yankees for seven innings. But, you know, you want to take away anything that Sonny Gray does good. Look, I don't understand some of the Yankee fans' mentality that they have to hate on everything the guy does. The team needs him to pitch well in order to go somewhere this season. Right. That's my point of saying, like, stop breaking down what records our opponents have. All of them, except for the Red Sox, are going to be worse than us record-wise right now. Right? So that's it. That's all it comes down to. You're the New York Yankees. You're 22 games over 500. Your job is to go out there and you are expected to win. I don't care who you're playing. You are expected to win every single game. You're not going to win every single game, but you are expected to. So it doesn't matter who Sonny Gray is pitching against. They're going to be lesser of a team than you. It doesn't, you know, there's, I don't care who it is. You could pitch eight innings against a AAA team and, and still not 
and still give up a run. It, yeah, I 100% agree. This is Major League Baseball. I don't care what a record is at this point. To be as dominant as he was goes beyond that. Way beyond that. I said I said this last night. Sonny Gray's problems lie within himself. It doesn't matter who he's pitching against. And that's what you're supposed to be looking at when you're dissecting Sonny Gray's performance. How he how he composed himself, not his opponent. Anyone who follows this game and anyone who f- knows one thing about Sonny Gray can sit here and tell you it doesn't matter who his opponent is. His stuff is very good. Sonny Gray battles himself. I think he had his best fastball of the year last Definitely. night. Yeah, he did. Definitely. He was sharp. Sonny Gray is at a constant battle with himself. And he's starting to to really find his composure, his rhythm, and he's starting to pitch a lot better. And even throughout the course of a game, you can see him getting down on himself when things aren't perfect. Was that smoke that let off that inning with the double? Maybe. When they had bases loaded? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it had to be because he got thrown out at home. And you could already see like <coughs> the wheels were turning in his head. Yep. That he was, he didn't have the same facial expression. It was only one hit, but now you know, Sonny, Sonny, maybe he's turning a corner also where he's not, he's not letting these moments completely ruin a game for him. Right. The only thing that worries me that maybe Sonny isn't turning a corner is that his last few starts he has been able to to pitch on extended rest because of all these rainouts. Maybe it's you know the extra days off that is uh, attributing to his fastball being higher and his and his just overall pitching being better. Could be, but I hope it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> hope not. You know, I hope it's just that he's but it really could be, could be, could absolutely be. And there goes somebody trying to discredit why Sonny Gray <laughs> is pitching so well. Well, you know, he he had eight days rest, so that's got to be why. When he goes back on five days rest, he's going to suck again. Well, we'll no, see. that's a good. It's a good point, though. I didn't even think of it. I mean, maybe that is what even CC looked better. What the issue is. All right, so then pitch them once every seven days. Let's go on a Japanese schedule where each pitcher gets a day of the week. Oh, technically with the days off and, and then we'll go. And the how about You could technically skip him once in a while. Gray Wednesdays, okay? We'll just blanket it. We'll it's got to be on the road, too. Sunny Sundays. It's got to be on the road. He's just so That's, much yeah, better gray, on the road. Gray and gray. There you go. Pitch is better. I agree. So uh, 13th inning, Yanks finally break through. Judge with the big home run. He's been in a bit of a funk. Himself, eight, and then the laser beam. Eight Ks in that double header uh, was, you know, it was brutal. But it was. But who cares? That's the thing about Aaron Judge. I don't worry about him anymore. Nah, never. I don't worry at all. I don't care if he goes over fifteen with fifteen strikeouts. You know, in the sixteenth at bat, he's going to hit a home run yep. or do something positive for his team. So and I don't. Stanton probably hits the quickest home run. I've ever seen leave a ballpark. The hardest hit home run this season. 119 point whatever miles per hour. That ball was gone in the blink of an eye. It was literally the quickest home run ball I've ever seen hit in my life. You know what it reminded me of? There was this guy when I played high school baseball. His name was Wes Swackhammer. (laughs) Played for Del Barton High. Was it Del Barton? Had to be Del Barton. And he was definitely juiced up. And if he's listening to this... He could be, maybe. He he's he'll have to. Admit. <coughs> or you know what, Wes? You maybe you weren't juiced up, but for being a, a senior in high school, he was a big guy. He was probably like six three, two twenty, and with a metal bat. All I remember hearing is ping, hit this home run. Could not even have been twelve feet off the ground. Line drive, just just straight out of the ballpark. That's literally what it was like. Watching that last night. And you know the dimensions at our high school field. They're pretty yeah. big for a high school. Yeah. And it was just like, ping! I'm, I'm, That's well, a solid metal bat impression. Yeah. yeah, that was really good. I'll never get it the way yeah. it's supposed to sound right now. But Stanton, 119.3 miles per hour. Yeah, that judge's single this year was 119.9, which was the hardest hit ball this year. Uh, Stanton has three of the top five hardest hit home runs this year. I believe it. So Yanks come back to New York uh, after their two games in Detroit, two games in Toronto, uh, three and one. I would have been okay with a split based on the way the schedule was. So got to be happy with them coming home three and one. Yeah, yeah, they got to win every game, or I'm not happy. No, I mean, I it's tough for me to really break down 
this road trip because we're missing two games out of it. So for what they're talking about from the last time we spoke. Yes. Incredible. I mean, does that even have to be said at this point? I mean, I said it last week jokingly, but I mean, this team just wins. I mean, they're winning. It's incredible. They're 22 games over 500. Were last year's Yankees ever 22 games over 500? Oh, because they finished 91 and 71. So that was, I think that was their high. That was their high watermark, I think. I think they might have come close before they kind of plateaued, you know, after they fell off a cliff. No, they didn't have enough games in to be 22 over at that point. Yeah, now so I I can't remember the last time a Yankee team was twenty two games over five hundred. Nineteen ninety eight. That wasn't the last time this early in the season. Oh, this early in the season, yeah. I'm just saying in general. Ryan, what was that stat you had before we recorded? What's their record? Like they're thirty one and nine or something like yeah, that. I since think they... they're thirty one and nine over yeah. the last forty. That's incredible. They started nine and they nine. They were nine and nine. Yeah, that's a, that's insane. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Something I wanted to talk about while we were on the uh, Jordan Montgomery discussion that I forgot about. Uh, in between the doubleheader, the Yankees sent Tommy Canely to Scranton, which you know kind of came as a bit of a surprise. Yeah, until you really read up on it. That uh, Tommy Canely, uh, the Yankees just basically sent him down there to build arm yeah, strength. extended rehab. I mean, the guy has the options. They weren't finding the time for him to pitch at the major league level the way they wanted him to, and he was pretty much just going to rot away in the bullpen. And right now, Tommy Canley needs innings. So while well, he's pitching every other every other day down yeah, there now? Yeah, starting yesterday. And I think his velocity was up a little bit yesterday. It was Good. around like 95. Tommy Canley's a big piece of this bullpen. Yeah, they need so him. They need to make sure he's ready to go. They can't just mess around and, and put him... Back in there when he's not ready. And that's all this is. I mean, he'll be back. But they got to make sure he's ready to go. All right. Yeah, Yankees' high water mark last year was only 21 games over. 91 and 70. That was the second yeah, last game of the year. Yeah, because they lost the last game of the year. Right. Uh, quick look ahead to the Mets series. You know, it. Ryan and I have a bad feeling about this series. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it would be the Met thing to do to because this is like their World Series right now. Yeah, this they is have all nothing. they have to live for. This, this is all point. they have to live for. And uh, Todd Frazier came back. Uh, I think Cespedes is coming back tomorrow. No, they, he's Highly not unlikely. He's not. Wow, really? Yeah. They changed that now? Yeah. yeah. But uh, Syndergaard's coming back on Sunday. DeGrom's pitching this series against yeah, Tanaka. Tanaka. He opens it up. So then you have uh, Herman against Steven Matz. That's another favorable matchup for the Mets. And then the series closes out with, oh wow, they so they bounced Vargas for Syndergaard against Severino. Yeah, so great game. Oh wow! But that see, two hardest starting pitchers, hardest throwing starting pitchers in the league face off. Yeah, see that's kind of negates the advantage you have with Severino when you match him up with another ace. I like that though. That's going to be a great game. Yeah, but the thing with the Mets, though, is if... I thought Cespedes was coming back, but they said no now? Yeah, today it was unlikely. reported it is highly unlikely that he will not return for that Yankee series. Right. Meaning he won't. He won't yeah, no, he, he pretty much definitely won't. So, what's your prediction for the series? Yankees take two out of three. Maybe, maybe sweep. I'm telling you, bro, I was at the game yesterday. I was at the Mets game. I've never seen an offense so poor in my life. Yeah, but... Uh, Come on. Uh, the Yankees can score two runs and feel confident that they're going to win. I mean, I've never seen an offense look Senegal so bad. Is Syndergaard or DeGrom going to give up two runs? Maybe. No, but their bullpen will they faced when they an, take them out. Have they faced an offense this good? Maybe. Honestly? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I just, I don't know. These are the type of things that the, it's just, it's just not a good. It would just be a Met thing to happen at this point. They just have favorable matchups in this series. Well, I'm sorry, but the way Mets pitchers are right now, they have a favorable matchup in every yeah. series. Yeah, I gave you They're guys, I gave you guys this stat there over their last 18 games. They were before that Wednesday game 
a 2.36 ERA from their starters, but they had a 5-13 and record in those games. So, I mean, you could have the best starting pitching in the world, but if, you know, you don't have an offense or a bullpen to back it up, you're not going to do anything. All right, so, you know what? But Tanaka's got to be better tomorrow. He can't give up four in the first inning. No. Yeah, Tanaka has the match with the Grom. Then I'll feel confident that they could win He's not going to match the Grom, but he's got to keep the team in it, yeah. And then on Saturday... he's got to stay patient. It's... This is a this is a great test to the Yankees right now as far as facing elite pitching like they will come October. Because a guy like DeGrom is a guy that you need to show patience against and you need to try your best to take out of this game early and get into this bullpen. Definitely. And then Saturday, Herman and Mats, I don't think that's a runaway for the Mets to be no, honest. Mats with you. Have, no, Mats but Mats has been pitching a lot better. But like I said, I watched Dylan Bundy shut down the Mets yesterday. Dylan Bundy shot shut them down. Made it look easy. And I don't know what you're going to get out of Syndergaard on Sunday. He might be on a pitch yeah, count. Yeah, off the DL. So. Yeah, Matt's last start was against the Cubs. He went seven innings, two earned runs. He's yeah, been, and he lost he's that been a game. Lot they lost. They lost. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they lose these games when they get great outings from their starters. It's got to oh, be so frustrating. Go. They're they're just an anemic offensive ball club, and you know it would be the Met thing to do. Or Jay Bruce finally figures out he and can they hit, score twenty runs. He can hit home in runs three games. All right, so we'll be back Sunday morning uh, to break down the first two games of the Mets series. Uh, Chris is actually leaving for Arizona to go scout see. some to go scout some talent this week. Ski, see, see. I'm gonna try and get to an Arizona game. Yeah, yeah. Who are they playing when you're down there? Pirates. The, arr, the Pirates. Yeah. Again, I want to apologize if you made it through this podcast. I know I sound inc- incredibly awful. Way worse than Chris ever sounds, mm-hmm. so I do want to apologize for that. So if you sat through it, uh, do appreciate it. We tried to still give you a quality pod this week. Um, so did I say this at the beginning of the show that this was episode fifty? Yeah, I, sometimes I thought I forgot that. So episode fifty, uh, nice round number here. Uh, Yankees number trivia. You guys will never guess who wore number fifty for the Yankees. No idea. The most notable. Would be Chris Chambliss. Oh, wow. And three <coughs> players wore number 50 last season. I can't even come close to thinking. Uh, I'll give you a clue. Uh, one of them we interviewed on this show. Okay, Ben Heller. One of them is currently a starting pitcher for the New York Yankees. Cur- uh, Herman. And the other one rides the Scranton shuttle from time to time. Holder. No. Hmm. Reliever. Is he still on the Yankees? He's currently on the other side of the Scranton shuttle. Hmm. Tommy Kinley? No. <laughs> I don't know. Giovanni Gallegos. Oh, Gallegos. I'm so he was sick. there last year? Yeah. yeah, he was there for a and while. And Herman pitched for us last year? Yeah. yeah he, had a... he was at the game we were at. He pitched in the game we were at in Baltimore, didn't he? That was a Chad Green start. Yeah, and then Herman came in right Did after. Herman actually made his major league debut that day. But that we were there against Baltimore. Huh. Right. I don't know. I'll take your word for it. It was so friggin' hot that day. It was very hot. <laughs> and Judge hit the ball five hundred feet. He literally did. Alright, so I think that should be it, right? I think yeah. we covered everything we needed to cover. Yep. Um check out the description of this podcast. Uh, for all our links to our social media accounts and uh, our website, please go check out uh, Mallory's Army. We will be presenting a uh, the donation to our family actually on August twelfth, I believe. Right? Mm-hmm. Cool. So that is uh, that's in the on um, in the description. <clears throat> yes, that's in the description. My meds are wearing off. I'm sorry. I, we got to wrap this up. Yes. Here. He Christian has a very difficult time doing so. I'm trying to get there. I just I, I enjoy Ryan's company so much that I don't want him to go Thanks, home. Man. I feel the same way. If it was just you here, the show would be over in ten minutes. Good. Huh. Then maybe I'll keep him home. Huh. Wow, you are you literally are Oscar the Grouch. I'm not Oscar the Grouch. I just hate when you don't wrap up the show. That's why I prolong it sometimes. <laughs> Alright, I'll just sit back. Alright, so episode fifty of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. Thank you for listening. Once again, Stack Guy Rye. You got anything to say, buddy? Uh, top of the second in Boston right now. 5-1 Detroit. 
The Tigers, yes. huh? Red Sox will win that game. Probably. Yeah, they'll probably have the lead in the next inning. 10-5. J.D. Martinez with four home runs. <laughs> all solo shots. All, all in one inning, too. All one inning. <laughs> Chris! I kind of like you. Say goodbye. Woo!